0: Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name's Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. As we get into the Word of God, remember, it is the Word of God. And we're going to really see that today, how it is the Word of God. The Bible's not the Word of men. There's a lot of debate about this, obviously. There's been debate about this ever since the Garden of Eden. This is what Satan sought to tempt Adam and Eve with. That this is not God speaking, it's just that it's something else. And we continue to this day to fight the battle of what is true, because if you live your life in accordance with what's true, your life will be blessed. But if you live your life in accordance with what is not true, in other words, you reject the word of God, watch out, you're in big trouble. So let's talk today about, we're looking about Jesus, some of the things Jesus said. We've been looking at that in this past few weeks. And today we want to look at when he was tempted and how did he respond to his temptation. And I want you to realize you and I can be tempted in very similar ways. And so don't let this story just be something that happened 2,000 years ago. This is uh, what Jesus faced is what you and I face, how he conquered it. The temptation is how you and I will conquer the temptation. Are you ready? Here we go. Matthew chapter 4, the tempter came and said to Jesus, if you're the son of God, command that these stones become bread. He'd been out in the wilderness. He was going through his time of testing, 40 days of testing, and he was hungry. And the devil said, turn these stones into bread. You can do it. And by the way, he could have done it. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus knew that this was the tempter speaking to him. And sometimes the tempter, the devil, the enemy, can even have some things that might appear to be okay. There's nothing wrong with eating, but if if the one suggesting it is the evil one, be discerning, be wise, have your guard up, realize he's got he's got a tr- he's setting a trap for you. be aware of it, don't walk into it. Well, so Jesus resisted that temptation. That would have been the lust of the flesh, correct? Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written concerning you, It is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Isn't this interesting here? Now the devil has taken him into Jerusalem. He puts him up on the top of the temple where he could see the whole, the holy city. By the way, when we go to um, Israel and we go to Jerusalem where the temple used to stand, the stones from the top are thrown down to the ground and we might you know be standing right there looking at one of the very stones Jesus stood on as the devil was tempting him placed up there on the top of the temple quite an interesting thought to consider but back to the story the account what happened the devil says if you throw yourself down god's going to protect you and he quotes scripture my friends don't let don't lose sight of this The devil is tempting Jesus, and he's quoting Scripture to him. This is one reason it tells us we've got to really know our Bibles. The first temptation was a legitimate thing. Don't you want to eat? You're hungry. You haven't eaten in 40 days. It's a legitimate thing, but it was coming from the devil, and so Jesus resisted. This time, he's quoting Scripture. And, he, and, and the, the, the audacity of the devil to be quoting Scripture and trying to tempt Jesus to sin by using the Bible, it shows that he's got great confidence in his ability to twist Scripture. You and I would better be smarter. You and I would better know the Word better than he knows, or else we could walk into the same trap he was trying to set for Jesus. But look what happened. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus was smarter, he was wiser, he knew the scripture better, he saw the devil's trap, and he didn't walk into this. Um, This would have been the lust of the eyes, perhaps. He showed him, or the boastful pride of life as he showed him all these things of the world. We go on. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. This would have been, again, the boastful pride of life. As 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says, the the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. And the devil was appealing to Jesus' hunger He was showing him the kingdoms of the world, showing him all the things he could do, and appealing to any sense of pride that Jesus might have had and wanted. And so he showed him these things, and he said, I'll give them all to you. In Luke, he says, it's in my authority, it's in my power to do it. Now, the devil's a liar. I don't think he really had the power to give Jesus the kingdoms of the world. But I do think that sometimes he gives them to other people. And let me just say as a quick sidelight here, Sometimes you see people who've had meteoric rise to success and you wonder how in the world did this person become so famous, so wealthy, so powerful? How did that happen? And that sometimes you just have to wonder, did they sell their soul to the devil? Did they say, did did the devil come to them and say, I'll give you all you could ever want if you just worship me, give me your soul and I'll give you fame. Give me your soul. I'll give you wealth. Most of us don't face the the temptation that he'd give us like, you know, a billion dollars or like worldwide fame. But sometimes we give in for something far, far less, just a little bit of comfort or a little bit, maybe a little raise at work or something. We got to be careful. But he says to him. I'll give you all these things. Jesus said to him, go, Satan, be gone, get out of here. Be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. What do you recognize is the common factor in how Jesus resisted each of these temptations? The bread? what did he say? How did he resist? What did he do? When he was, throw yourself down from the temple, God will protect you. How did Jesus respond? When he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, these are yours if you just worship me, how did Jesus respond? How did he overcome? Well, it's it's the same thing over and over and over, three times. Jesus says, it is written. No, he said, I won't do it for it is written. Jesus resisted temptation because he submitted to and received the word of God. That's what Jesus did. That's how Jesus fought. He used the truth of God, the, the truth of God's word, to fight against the spiritual enemy. He didn't resort to, the, you know, some secular counseling of some sort. He didn't think that he just, I mean, he could have used so many other things. He could have used so many tricks that we use in our modern secular world to help us overcome addictions or problems that we're facing. But Jesus responded, It is written. No, it is written. Be gone, Satan, for it is written. He knew the scripture, he knew the word and that's how he resisted. Keep in mind, Jesus Christ never sinned. It's important to understand a lot of people think he may have done it. No, he didn't. He was holy, innocent, undefiled, a spotless lamb. He couldn't have sinned because if he had, he could have never saved humanity. Do you realize what was riding on these temptations? Do you realize what Jesus was facing? He knew that he was to be the sacrifice for the sins of the world, and he knew that to do so, he needed to be a spotless Lamb of God. He needed to be without sin. If he had his own sin, he would have had to die for that. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. He would have had to have died for his own sins, but because he never sinned, he was able to give himself as a sacrifice for our sins. And so when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, you think, well, it's just, you know, everyone gets tempted. Realize what was riding on this. The salvation of the world was at stake here. Had Jesus failed in this temptation, the whole world would have been lost. You and I could have never been saved. The hope of the Messiah saving us would have been over Look at what Jesus faced. Look at the pressure he was under. You think you're tempted to sin? Boy, I'll tell you, I know the devil was bringing it. He he was giving him all he had. And Jesus, how did he resist? No, it is written. We can learn something from this. Scripture in James 4, it says, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When you're tempted, submit to God and resist the devil. Can I add... There's a lot riding on on when you're tempted too. Maybe more than we realize. I think there was more right when when Eve was tempted and Adam was tempted. I think there was more riding on it than they realized. The consequences, ramifications were more significant than they realized. Brothers and sisters, we live in a time of intense spiritual battle. I mean the world it looks like it's going crazy. And and behind it all there's a spiritual battle, there's a spiritual forces at work. And you and I are to be weapons of righteousness in the hands of God. You and I are to be soldiers in the Lord's army in these days. So there's a lot riding on our temptation as well. Don't give in. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. That's the promise. The fight's not not forever. You fight hard and he runs. We're commanded to take up the armor of God in Ephesians 6. And how do you do that? Stand firm, therefore, he says, having girded your loins with truth. What truth is he talking about there? The truth of God's word. The truth of the word. And so he goes on to say, in the spiritual battle, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's how we fight. That's how where, where we fight, my friends, with the word of God the sword of the spirit, the truth of God. So I have a question. What specific temptations do you face? Name them, write them down. This is your homework for today. Write them down. Are you tempted with anger, lust, greed, division, pride, discouragement? Are you tempted to give up, lose heart? Are you tempted with vengeance? Uh, What temptations are you facing? Write them down, and then for each temptation, find a specific scripture that addresses those temptations. Find them if you can find them. If you can't, just Google it. Uh, how to how to what scriptural verses on anger? You'll come up with verses. Scriptural verses on lust. Scriptural verses on Bible verses on vengeance. You'll find the verses. Write them down. Memorize at least one of them. Believe them and wield your sword against the evil one. Remember, we don't just get tempted on Sunday. A lot of people, are the only Bible teaching they get Sunday morning. And that's not the time usually we get our greatest temptation. We get it through the rest of the week. That's why we've got to get in the Word of God every day. And that's why you've got to know it, learn it, believe it, and remember it. Jesus didn't open up the scrolls and read the Bible when when the devil came to him in the wilderness. He had those verses memorized. They were ready to recite at the moment. We too need to be like this so that we can stand firm against all all the temptations of the evil one. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We pray to you. We praise you. We thank you for the power of the word of God. It is the sword of the spirit. It is the truth. And the devil will flee when we resist him with the weapons you've given. Oh, Lord, we confess sometimes we just try in our own willpower, or maybe we just pray about it. Help us to realize, Lord, you want us to take up the sword of the spirit, to fight back, to resist, to be strong, to submit to you and your word. Your word, we believe that your word is our hope. I pray, Father, for everyone here today. Oh, God, make us strong and mighty. Help us to be people who walk with you in holiness. Help us to be people, Father, who are courageous because we've been, you said, the righteous are as bold as a lion. I pray, Lord, if we stumble, we would quickly claim our forgiveness and get back up. But I pray also we would believe that we can walk firm and strong with you and we can resist the temptation, be it anger, lust, greed, discouragement, hopelessness, vengeance, anger, whatever it could be, whatever it is, Lord. We thank you that your word gives us answers. We trust it, rely, and we rely upon it. And we thank you today for our Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus, you resisted every temptation, and you are qualified to be the Savior of the world as you gave your life for our sins. Thank you, and we bless you and praise you. Amen. And amen. Well, this is obviously why, we, obviously why we get in the word of God every day because we wanna be winners, conquerors, victorious, champions for Christ. So if you're here with me today and you've stuck with me this long, thank you. I'm glad for those who come here day by day by day. If you're new, realize a lot of us come here every day. This is a daily word of God, daily word and prayer. We come here every day, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time live, or you can come later on the day. If you come live, you can put prayer requests in the chat and meet other people, but you can watch later in the day. My suggestion, just set a time, whether it's live or at 10 o'clock in the morning or lunchtime or before dinner or first thing after dinner, whatever, set a time and then build it into your schedule. I love you guys. So glad to have you along. God bless you. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.